Greetings, faithful listeners, and maybe some new listeners. This is Andrew. This is Ryan. And this is Jack. Welcome back to the only podcast that matters, another edition of Filmcast. Well, all kinds of films. Really not specific, but either way, uh, I think we've uh, all compiled a list here of uh, some films that we enjoy the most out of the multitude of films that we've seen. Yes, these about, two are about five each. Cinephiles. I, would say. Uh, mm. I think the coin Cinephiles, would, I like cinephiles. that. Well, that's a Lonely Island thing. They coined that term. Mm. Um, I still like it. <laughs> I don't want you to say it. It sounds sexier. Okay. Whatever. Um, not only the movies, but also actors and actresses that we all approve of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so we're, we're going to do this. You'll, if they're on the marquee, I'll go buy some tickets. Pretty much, that. yeah. <laughs> So this is going to be somewhat in the the same vein uh, that we did the you know Desert Island albums and the sixty minutes yeah, of music. music, music, but not that long. Yeah, well, <laughs> because Chris isn't here, so he's going to talk over all of us. Yes, it's going to be nine <laughs> hours of explanation. But going back to this, I probably found this a little bit more difficult to do than music because movies play such a big part of my life, and I love music. But movies have always played such a huge part of my life for twenty six years that it was hard to really kind of narrow it down to yeah. five even movies. me. We were originally going to yeah. do a list of ten movies each. Yeah. That's <laughs> hard enough. We to cut it down, down to five, and I had the ten. I'm like shit, just not gonna <laughs> cut down yeah. to five. For the sake of this not being four hours long, we decided to cut it down to five exactly. each, roughly five. Uh, same thing with actors and actresses, not uh, not five each. Wait, but. did you want me to do both five actors? No, no, oh, okay. No, I was gonna no, say, no, no, wait no. a second. Yeah, <laughs> that would really screw me over. Yeah, um, especially compared to YouTube because, like, I mean, like I, I sent Ryan a message before saying that picking out five movies was pretty hard, but picking, yes. I only have four actors. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm like you never know. Some inspiration may come while we're possibly. recording. So, yeah. uh, who wants to start this off? Who, who's um, got the list? I will. Me? I'll start mine. Right. What do you want to do? Movies first. We'll do movies first. All right, movies first. That All right. So, good. number five is a movie that I'll probably get a lot of shit for for saying it's my favorite Scorsese movie, but I don't care. <laughs> I mean, you have so many great films by that director: Taxi Driver, Casino, Mean, mean Streets, Mean Streets, Goodfellas. Mm. But my favorite is The Departed. I that absolutely, movie is, is really, really good. I wouldn't good. give you shit for that. I, I wouldn't give you shit. Uh, but, I, but a lot of people think it's not his best film. It won him, It gave him the Academy Award. It, it did. did. Yeah. It gave him it the did. Academy Award. Everybody, in, it's the best ensemble cast ever assembled in film. DiCaprio, Damon, Nicholson, Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, Alec Baldwin, Ray Winstone, Vera Farmiga. Unbelievable cast. Yeah. And the story is just as good. For those who don't know, it's a... It's a it's a cop drama. It's a deception story where yeah. you have one person who's in the police force who's working for the mob and one person who infiltrates the mob is on the police force and it's just backstabbing and are they going to find out who's the rat? Yeah. Who, who's yeah. who's conning who? And it's even kind of confusing the first time you see it. Yeah, oh, it you're is. Not really yeah, sure you're quite what, going, what the fuck is going on? Like Nicholson's character in that is it like, is what just... the hell... Who are you? <laughs> my you know? favorite line in that movie is well, one of my favorite lines from Nicholson is in the beginning montage where he shoots the woman on the beach. She mm-hmm. fell funny. You got problems, Frank. <laughs> 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 and I just love that cast. Everybody yeah. in that film deserved an Academy Award nomination, in my opinion. And Damon with his Boston accent. Oh and, yeah, that but was I'll, but Mark spot Wahlberg. On. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg stole the show for me. You oh, think so? Movie. Absolutely. I love that. Because he, yeah. he took his inspiration because he was arrested by police frequently as a youth. 
Well, and he uh-huh. took that and made it his own, and he probably heard all the shit that he was saying to everybody thrown to him, and he made that amazing character, <laughs> yeah. Staff Sergeant Dignam, and I just yeah. love that character. He was just a prick the entire yeah, movie, but it was, was really funny. Yeah. yeah, really, really funny. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And Jack Nicholson at the towards the end when he flipped out um, when they were trying to do that that deal. Yeah. And the way he's screaming at the was it the, the Asian guy, I guess. Yeah. And he was like, the way we do business in this country. Yeah. Like he repeated that like two or three times and he's just like screaming. And that it's scene so just funny. between him and DiCaprio at the table, I'm not the fucking rat. I'm not right? the fucking rat. Yeah. I love it. And but the best scene is and I don't want to give too much away cuz it does it is the end when you see the fates of DiCaprio's character. I saw that in the theater. I jumped out of my fucking seat. I could not believe that happened. I, yeah. I don't want to yeah. give too much away, but it was wow. You know what? The, there's, yeah. a, there's a statute of limitations on this, though, for spoiler alerts. I mean, if you haven't seen a movie that's been it's, out for five years, yeah. then... Or when yeah. DiCaprio gets popped I mean, in I the elevator. Just, I, I guess, yeah. yeah. But there's a little I can trick. understand, like, Inception, because it's still kind of new, so you don't want to yeah. get too... Plus, it's a confusing movie anyway. Yes. But it so won like, Best Picture. You've had to see it. And if exactly. you don't want to see a movie with DiCaprio, Nicholson, Damon... Then there's something can- wrong with you. Yeah. But that <laughs> whole fucking brain checked. <laughs> but that scene when he gets popped at the end, I literally jolted out of my seat in the theater. Oh yeah, yeah, you didn't expect it. And there's a trick that Martin Scorsese used to see when somebody's going to get killed, and he took it from the old 1940s and 50s gangster pictures where you see on the screen an X. Now, if you watch that movie again back, look where DiCaprio gets hit, look where Nicholson gets hit, and you see an X somewhere. It could be somewhere on a bridge and arc. On the architecture, it could be a piece of tape that forms an X. It could be anywhere in the building. That's a f- film trick somewhere? Yeah. That's it, interesting. It's, look for it every time when huh. uh, Martin Sheen's character gets thrown off the roof, which is another one of my favorite parts, because he just falls and he just splat. Yeah, yeah splat. <laughs> now, is that in all Scorsese movies or just this one? Just this one. He used it as an homage to the old 1940s, 1950s gotcha. gangster. And that's definitely yeah. something only film critics and people mm-hmm. like you... I found on the documentary I saw it, on the Departed documentary, it's... Unbelievable. So, and that's yeah. what he inspired them, uh, that movie came out of. Uh, number four for me is a movie that kind of changed my life in a way of... when Before I was 11 years old, I was a frequent beach goer, and I loved going in the water. <laughs> uh, the I know what this is. <laughs> and, uh, I, loved, I loved having fun at the Dun-dun. ocean. Christmas 1996, I got a VHS <laughs> tape of this film. I watched it. The next summer, I couldn't go in the pool. Jaws. Really? It, well, not the pool, but the... But well, no, no, but the, the, local, the movie changed your life that it, much? It scared the shit out of me, water-wise. I still won't go... It really is... It it brings about this paralyzing fear, and I think it's one of the best horror films made, because what if that happened? It's not that... It's really it's not, not that far not, from the it's truth. Not that, you know, no, it's not that unthinkable. far... Unthinkable. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to some, like, Jason's and Or, you know, somebody like killing that. you in your dreams is a little far-fetched, yeah, but a shark, a shark coming tearing, up to, yeah. yeah. But just that whole story... It's unbelievable. I love it. It scared the hell out of me, but I still would watch it repeatedly. I could quote the shit out of it. I love the chemistry between Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, and Richard Dreyfus. They the the tension between Shaw and Dreyfus was in the characters and they played was real on the set. They hated each other, and that really? made for a better story. Really, huh. um, just everything about that film. The the music, of course. The way that they didn't show the shark again, John Williams. It, it's a, it's, a, it's really <laughs> I, I, a masterpiece. I have a, a theme already. Yeah, <laughs> and that one of the best shots in the film is when he sees the kid getting ripped apart by the shark, and that zooms in. At yeah. Terror is unbelievable. It's one of the best films, one of the best acted films ever. It's one of the most quotable. It's 
something I can watch every time, not get sick of, and just find something new out of it. It's a, a masterpiece. It really is a masterpiece. And I wish I saw it in the theater. My mom saw it five times when she was when it came out in 1975 in the theater. My aunt saw it nine times. It, it's a movie that's been in my family for years and years. And I Scaring love it. kids out of the pool for yeah. s- since yeah. then. <laughs> it, it really did trigger that fear for me, but it's so good. It's one of the best films ever made. Mm. I will defend it to the death. I love hey, Jack, it. Jack. Yeah. Have you ever heard of John Williams? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That guy. Anyway. Just checking. Um, <laughs> number three is a film I've loved probably more in recent years and with last year's re-release in the theater, it it still it is it defines the nineteen eighties for me in terms of film. It's the best film for me in the eighties, Back to the Future. Good. I Bleh. Oh shut up. <laughs> what, really? Yeah, I don't give a shit. You're not a fan. You're not a fan. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Oh. Really? Didn't you go with us to see? No, that? he didn't. No, You've, you're, we're gonna educate you. I could care less. No, really? It's yeah. so funny. It's I mean, the first one for never me is. Got into I, it. I, I like the first one. The second and third, I was never wasn't that big of a fan. I could go with either way. I love all. I love all three. I mean, it could have just been a single movie. It would have been perfect. They did the fact that they did two strong trilogies. I mean, two song yeah, two strong uh, installments. Yeah, yeah. Where it, it makes a perfect trilogy, but still. The first one is it's funny. The characters are so endearing. Marty McFly's it's cool, quote it's definitely quotable. It's quotable. It's lovable. It's just everything about it is fun. It defines for me what the 1980s were. It's a time capsule in that era. All three of them I'll put in, but the first one is, holds a special place in everybody's heart. Who doesn't love Biff Tannen and Doc Brown and Hello Lorraine? McFly? Yeah, who doesn't laugh no. every time you hear something you like hear that? Butthead. Who doesn't? Right? Who doesn't? I mean, I know Chris and I go back and forth with this, but it's simply one of the best films of that decade, and it, it it's incredible. It's still for people to go back to a theater twenty five years later to see it and love it that much. And there was a crowd. I mean, there were multiple DeLoreans sitting outside that people customized to look somewhat like the movie. So yeah, yeah. speaks volumes of a lasting impression of what that movie made. Uh, number two is I had a little bit of a difficult time doing this. I it was between. The Dark Knight and the one I'm going to say for number two. The Dark Knight is quite possibly, it's the gold standard for superhero movies. It's the quintessential film and the best, probably the best film of the last decade. I will praise it to no end. But for me, the 1989 Batman film has had a lasting impression. With Michael Keaton? With Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson has been my favorite, one of my favorites since I was four years old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I rented it multiple times on tape. I played the shit out of the VHS. I had every Batman that, toy. That every movie Batman scared poster. me when I was younger because it, it was it was dark for its oh, time. It was, it was dark. very dark. Yeah, you know? it was dark. As much as it was a goofy Nicholson Joker, it was still pretty. Mm. You know, he walks out on the front steps and shoves a pen in some guy's mm. neck. Yeah, you know, time to pay the check. <laughs> I, and, and again, that's a that's a film I think I could quote more than anything. Those lines are spot on. Where does he get those wonderful, wonderful toys? toys? <laughs> yes, wing freak terrorizes. <laughs> Way till they get a load of me. <laughs> and my favorite. He was, he was awesome. And he was, yeah, Nicholson's I, I still awesome. think that Heath Ledger was a much better Joker. Oh, I will, just, I'll agree, but they're different Jokers. They're, they are different Jokers. And, they're like, different, and really... the whole fil- film series between that Batman and the Nolan Batman are two different. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like they have the different. Nolan comics. series is more refined than the true Batman series. The yeah. other ones yeah. kind of went campy and corny, but. The yeah. first film you can't. I mean, you can't the, deny Im- that. Yeah. the imagery. First two, really. I, I, oh, even Batman Devito. Returns. Is yeah, Batman amazing. Returns was still not like really corny until they no, no. Into, I would like, say Batman Forever and Batman, Batman Forever Robin. and that. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. never discredit anything for Batman and Batman Returns. I grew up with those films, but the yeah. imagery is so dark. 
Oh, and yeah. I think Christian Bale is the best Bruce Wayne, but I'll say Michael Keaton was the best Batman. He didn't talk. He's very brooding. So he, uh, yes, yeah, all right, yeah. give him that. And just he wasn't about. He was just all about action. He just gonna kick your ass and take. That names. was it. He was the definitive Batman. He doesn't have a stupid voice like this. And <laughs> yeah. It's um, he barely talk. You could barely see his eyes. It, it no, just yeah. that's true too. And it's yeah. very. Again, I grew up with that film. I can't put him it, in the new Batman. Michael Keaton. I mean, put him in the new Batman costume. I think that would have been kick ass. Oh, yeah. absolutely. No, I think. Um, yeah, I think you're right about Christian Bale being a better Bruce Wayne, though, because if you think about he it, he looks like, the part. Yeah, because not only does he look the suave. part, but he, he's like a prick. Yeah, as yeah. Bruce Wayne. Like he, he thinks he's funny, and he he owns everything. He's because... a jerk, and he knows it. Yeah, and it, like he he seems to be like that that kind of lazy billionaire who doesn't deserve his money and. You know, just kind of thinks that life is a joke. And he looked, he looks like the spitting image of what you think Bruce Wayne would look like. Exactly. But Michael Keaton, to me, is will always be the best Batman. And yeah. I think so too. It it it's something I I'll never. It's the first Blu-ray I ever owned. I think it's one of the first VHS tapes I ever owned. It's it reminds me so much of my childhood that I'll always have a special place for that. Mm-hmm. And my favorite film of all time, I'll go on record of always saying Star Wars movies are the my favorite films of all time, the finest film series ever. It was difficult for me because I had to pick one. And for years, I thought I loved seeing Revenge of the Sith. I saw it three times in the theater, and I thought it was the definitive one because of the story. But as I got older, I realized the one that always kind of made me, what made me a fan was The Empire Strikes Back. When I spoke about it in Saga Cast, seeing that film for the first time, just being so impressed by never seeing anything like that before, it changed my life. And the story is so strong. It it's not a happy ending. No, and that's what most people it, take from it. It's the fact that you know it's not Star Wars two where they could have had another joyous ending with a yeah. big ceremony. At Luke the end. gets fucked up. Leia loses the love of her life. Han is frozen in carbonite. You don't know if we're going to get him back. This yeah. huge revelation. Everybody gets their ass kicked the entire movie. There's peril. There's danger the entire film. Yeah, it's, backstabbing everything. It, it's you don't know where it's going to go, and it's just so riveting. Even as a kid, I sat and watched that, and I think I watched because it, it was twice. originally going to be called Star Wars Two. Yeah, you know when they when he first wrote up the original well, dialogue, and they thought, oh, how, how could you top that? That movie is the biggest movie of all time. How are you going to do a sequel? And they did it. Yeah, they and did. there's they only really... for me. A couple movies where the sequel surpasses the original. The Dark Knight, Godfather 2, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Aliens, and The Empire Strikes Back are... I'll agree with the the last three. (laughs) The count on one hand, the best sequels ever. And The Empire Strikes Back took Star Wars to another level. Had it not worked, Star Wars would have just been forgotten. Oh, easily. And, And it's... If you How ask many years any fan, between movies was were, three years between each? Nineteen eighty, it came out, but yeah. people will regard that as the best in the series. I know you you said Return of the Jedi is your favorite, but personally my favorite. But I know overall, you talk to the majority of fans; they're all going to agree with you that Empire, because of the revelation of Darth being Luke's father, his hand being cut off, Han being trapped in carbonite, and just the action was so much more. There was the lightsaber battle, like a full on lightsaber battle. Not like that little wimpy thing that happened in A New Hope. Where he ends up dying, there was a full-on lightsaber. Yeah, it was battle. a kid against all odds fighting to try this to giant monster villain. You know, and not only that, just the story gets deeper, where you learn more about the characters and their flaws. They aren't just these people who got banded together. You learn about these people more and how they're not these perfect heroes. They're they're flawed human beings. Despite everything, you learn. You meet characters like Yoda. And oh, Lando, yeah. how could you fucking forget Yoda? Come and on now. 
it's the most important part of that story. Of all and if six you people films. haven't picked up the Blu-ray yet, because I know a lot of you out there, including Simon Pegg, you know, for, you know, say that they don't want to pick it up. Pick it up only for the extras, because the last disc on the extras has the spoof reel on it, which includes a lot of Robot Chicken and Family Guy and yes. other stuff <laughs> on it. But it also has all the documentaries, even to now, showing the, the process that George went through to make these movies and rewriting mm-hmm. it, and et cetera, et cetera. So just get it for that alone. Yeah. And it just—it's the best film I think of a villain, where it's mostly about Darth Vader. Yeah, it's about Darth. He's and, killing and the, his own men. Yeah, and the first—and the first time you see the, um, and you hear the best film theme ever, the oh, Imperial yeah, the, March. The Imperial March is the first it's time you hear. It's still so menacing. You can listen to it and just be like, uh, you get goosebumps. Oh yeah, it, it's to me the best film. It changed my life. That series changed my life. But if I got to pick one out of that series, it's Empire Strikes Back is my all-time favorite film, not just in Star Wars, but just in general. So that's my top five, and we'll pass it over to Ryan. Okay. Hey, that's guys. Short stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind Star Wars, but... No, yeah, I know I you're not. Really <laughs> you're not a fan. Yeah. I saw them all once a piece, I think. Yeah, you and, did. Yeah. I think was, I was there for two of them. That was enough. <laughs> I think you were, yeah. Um, so I'm going to start off uh, going bottom to top. The first Ghostbusters movie, I think it's going to be my number five. <laughs> I had a really hard time picking between the two because the better part of me always thought that I liked the second one better, a little bit better. We were, I, it's I kind of redundant. We were, we were kind of around more for the second one <laughs> yeah, when that came out. We I, was, were... I was around more. I was more cognizant of anything True. Yeah, at that point, you know, 1989 when the second one came out as opposed to 84 that came out when I was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I think, I don't know, for some reason I think there was slightly more comedy in the second one. It was a little bit funnier. And then Definitely more quotable, I would more say. More quotable, for between, I think. We, we go off, you and I. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of, of quotation uh, ability for the first one, too. But I don't know why. I think I always thought the second one had a slight edge, but just for the sake of, you know, the first one being such a landmark and uh, just being amazing in general and kicking off what made a second one possible. Um, I'm gonna and go just the, in the first Ghostbusters. The cartoon, it was, the fen- it was a phenomenon. Yeah. And Ghostbusters was my childhood. I mean... The toys. The, the toys, the, the cartoon, the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I had the, the proton pack oh, yeah. when I was a kid, the mm. trap. I had, the, the, you know, the, the action trap. figures. Mm-hmm. The I was, what? The, I was, action, the action what? The action figures. You figures? Know. Yeah, they had action figures. Figures. Fig- figures. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You're eating hair. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Figures? You said figures. Figures? Figures. 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 Yeah, okay. Anyway, back to, back to the subject at hand. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but um, I mean that that movie is massive for me, and it still is. I'm probably more obsessed with Ghostbusters now than I even was back then. I, I, I gotta agree. It's it's probably the, one of the strongest comedies of the '80s. It comes right mm-hmm. out out of the Saturday Night Live era. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, all, all the characters were were just great, and the way they had such a fumbling start to all of it, and then <laughs> ended up actually <laughs> yeah being successful, yeah, being successful, and. <laughs> Not knowing what they're doing. <laughs> Where do you get a proton pack? Don't cross like, the streams. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, we're all carrying like, unlicensed. That'd be bad. <laughs> that'd be bad. <laughs> Try to imagine oh. every molecule in your body <laughs> bursting simultaneously at the speed cross of light. Cross the streams. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's love bad. It. Right. Thanks, you guys. Port safety tip. Port safety tip. And um, number four on my list is going to be Pulp Fiction. 
Um, that's just wow. I thought about. Play. I thought that was gonna be number one. I wow. thought that I thought uh, that was gonna no. be on there wow. simply for the quotability. Uh, and I was only, thinking about not, putting it on my list. Not only the quotability, but just the storyline. Uh, I mean, the ensemble cast in that. I mean, oh, John yeah, Travolta, great. Samuel L. Jackson, Ving Rhames, Bruce Willis, uh, Bruce Willis, uh, Harvey Keitel was the wolf in that. Uh, yes. Uma Thurman. Yes. I well, Uma's just, always been in Quentin. Uh, Tarantino stuff. Oh yeah, and Bird Tim Roth as well. Yeah, um, it, was, it was just amazing, and that's one of those movies that I can watch from no matter what point it's in. If it's on TV, like oh, if yeah. I jump in right in the middle, I'll sit and watch the rest of it. Yeah, because yeah. I know the movie so well. And the way and that the he way directed that, the movie, the way that it's directed, <laughs> it kind of jumps around in time. So if you really well, know the movie well, are... you can pick it up in the middle and still know what's going on. Yeah, because yeah. the timeline isn't exactly no. conventional for ordinary movies. And you got to think. I mean, that movie defined the '90s, and just so oh, yeah. it was so different from anything that was been put out at the time. The yeah. fucking gimp, oh, yeah, that whole gimp? scene. Yeah, yeah. like I saw the for the first time from? when I was seven, uh, sixteen or seventeen. I was like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, <laughs> like holy shit. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that either at the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, so uh, more violent than any movie that had ever been. Very, out. Well, it, very. It, violent. Held, the t- it yeah. held the title of c- how many curses were in it? It did. Right? It did. Didn't it, it beat uh, Pacino or it beat Scarface for f words at least? Yeah. Yeah. Something over 200, I think. Yeah. I, well, Pulp Fiction did. I think Scarface like 192 yeah, or something, something like that. Like that. Something like yeah, you know, ridiculous. Pulp Fiction surpassed that by far, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was a, <laughs> an yeah. honor, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it is one of the most quotable movies that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, yeah, I can, you guys will go on a tangent. I can quote that back to front. <laughs> oh, God damn, yeah. yeah. Just the opening scene with Bruce Willis and John Travolta going in doing the hit. Um, and I've been, I've only seen the movie like two or three times. and. <laughs> It's, it's exciting. You guys, you, the three of you go off about it. I'm like, what? I, I should jump in, but I know nothing. Oh, you <laughs> yeah. really should. And it's finally out on Blu-ray, which is yes. awesome. Yes. So I'm going to be double-dipping on that. Yeah, probably got extra features that, of course, you're going to love. Uh, of course. I would I would love that. I mean, I'm not one for special features most of the time, but I would definitely like to see the any, way that movie was made. Of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have the special edition two-disc of the first uh, of the original release, and I still haven't watched special features on that. <laughs> but um, I'm sure there'll probably be more on the next one. Number three for me is going to be Office Space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of live my life by that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter Gibbons was uh, Ron Livingston's character in the movie. was my personal hero for much of my... Uh, Adult life. Adult life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still um, is. I mean, it's a total you know, slacker comedy. You know, oh, completely. Fear of life in a cubicle. Um, insubordination yeah. at work. That kind of thing. Fighting it- the man. It's Busting really, computers it's to really the orientation yeah. video for life. If you think about it, going into the workforce, you yes. need to see uh, Office yeah, Space. If, yeah, yeah, yeah I, that, I think that that sums it up pretty good. Like even coming out of college or just coming out of high school, whenever you decide to get your first job, you need to watch you, you Office watch Space. Office yeah. space. <laughs> your name is Michael Bolton. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean there's that, and you know TPS reports, and <laughs> which I actually have to deal with now. I actually yeah, have TPS yeah, reports. Yeah, TPS reports. I mean, <laughs> never look at them the same. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm uh, waiting for Lumberg to come special out. Meeting to you now, <laughs> and every time you get a fucked up printer, I mean, I, yeah. I always think about, I always just think about that scene. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Yeah, I love that song, and you know, Gary Cole as Bill Lumberg, you know, the kind of yes. droning boss that you know you really hate. doesn't give a shit about you, and you hate him too. Yeah, and he asks you to come in on Saturday, and yeah, and, and there's the always somebody movie. like Milton. 
Yeah, you know, there was always Milton. Yeah, I believe was played you're by Stapler. by Stephen Root. He was a really squirrely kind of guy that kept getting his desk fired. Moved, yes, eventually, eventually into the closet into in the, the basement. Into the closet in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> and he hasn't been employed there for years. Yeah, and then you know the Bobs come in, the two consultants to yes. try to like filter out the crap, like the people who are useless, the hackers. Yeah. It's an anthem for anyone who's young and hates their job. And, True. Which is everybody. You know, yeah. Which is everybody. <laughs> and, you at know, that age, yeah. I don't think anyone loves their job at that age. You know, has aspirations to sit around and do nothing and get paid for it, which well, you know, I really struck a chord. In <laughs> as no. I'm sure you know. Yeah. Jeez. And his so neighbor also, I love that. Hey, check out the drill. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Diedrich Bader played his <laughs> neighbor. Yeah. Hey, Peter, check out Channel 9. It's the breast exam. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, started young uh, Jennifer Aniston before she was, like, Miss Romantic Comedy. Yeah. Mm. So it was actually, like, tolerable in that movie. Mm. And uh, Mike Judge actually had a cameo in it. She uh, He played um, her Jennifer boss Aniston's and, boss yes. at uh, Tchotchkes. Yeah, yeah Tchotchkes. <laughs> I was wondering where her, where her pieces of flair were. Um, but that movie was anthemic for me. It was, it was definitely anthemic. one of my all-time favorites. Agreed. Yeah. Good choice. And next, I'm going to move on to a movie that nobody's probably ever heard of, um, a movie called Cashback. It's a um, British movie. Yep, never heard of it. Kind <laughs> of a, um, it's, a, it's kind of like a dark comedy uh, slash drama. It doesn't really know what it is. And it's about this, um, this kid who is in art school, and, and um, he suffers like a really traumatic breakup, uh, this girl that he's with for like a couple years, and she leaves him, and he basically loses the ability to sleep. So he is an insomniac. He stays up literally 24 hours a day. He cannot sleep because he's so traumatized by this. And um, because of that, he gets so bored just being awake 24 hours a day that he gets a night job at a local supermarket where he meets this cast of characters. And, like, they're all so weird and funny. And, you know, he meets a girl there. And Wait, I think I remember seeing the cover of this movie. This is how It says cashback and, like, do you see like the body of a girl on the yes. front of it? Okay, I think I've seen yes. this on Netflix. Uh, yeah, and it's it's excellent. Actually, the main character, his name is uh, Sean Biggerstaff. Biggerstaff. Tell me you wouldn't want that name. <laughs> Only if and, it applied to something else. Yeah, he actually, <laughs> funnily enough, he actually played Ron Wood in the first couple uh, Harry Potter movies. He was the guy who taught Harry how to play Quidditch. Yeah, yeah. He was the same character. Oh, uh, Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, that's where, that's the only other thing I'd ever seen him in was Harry Potter. Well, he, he, I'm was, certainly made enough money in that. Oh, yeah. Um, even though he even only had a, bit, a bit part in that, you know, Still. the first couple, I think. And, um, but the movie was just really tremendous. It was really funny. And then at other times it was artsy and like really deep and moving. And there's a lot of, a lot of comedy in it. And it's just a really, really well done movie all the way through. And uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, one of my old college roommates introduced me to it. And he was like, you got to watch this movie. I don't think you're going to like it. But, <laughs> but you're going to sit down and watch it anyway. I was like, all right. And the first time I saw it, I was absolutely blown away. And it's I highly recommend it to anyone. It, mm-hmm. it just has a mix of everything. And um, there are boobs. If you're of you course, know, no. into that sort of thing, no. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, it's not like it's not pornographic, but it's, you know, it's artfully done. So it's not right. you know, offensive. But uh I, I absolutely loved it. Really deep, funny, moving movie. And uh, one of my favorites. Cool. And as I'm sure the two of you probably know, my favorite all-time movie is The Boondock Saints. Number awesome. one. Then you and I doubled up on something. Did we double up? We did double That's up okay. on something. We were going to try not to do that, but we didn't discuss this yeah. fully beforehand. But um, another one. Of that same... Something you introduced me to, actually. Yeah. Because I think I saw The Punisher first, Tom Jane Punisher. Mm-hmm. And you, you turned around and said, oh, if you've, you've seen that, you like that, you have to watch this movie. And yes. you were right. 
<laughs> and yeah, that same college roommate, my old roommate Dave, who showed me Cashback, actually showed me this movie too for the first time. Because it's a cult movie. It, it is. definitely is. Oh, it's, it's one like, of the best cult movies. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you have to you watch this movie. You guys got me into it. We watched it one night and I was like, holy shit. It's just one of those great, I wouldn't even call it a revenge flick, just one of those it's vengeful. A damn good, it's a damn you know, good shoot em up movie. It's one yeah. of the best action movies. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's um, uh, Vigilante. Okay, it's, yes, yeah, yes, a, yes. A, you know, vigilante movie where. These two Irish Catholic brothers. For those of you who don't know what this movie is or have never heard of it or seen it, um, you need to. <laughs> yeah, these two are kind, of like, kind of like poor Irish Catholic brothers in South Boston. Um, you know, they have a run in with a Russian mob in town, and they take them and out. They're, they're both deeply religious, so they get this call from God in their sleep one night, basically telling them to start taking out the trash. Yep. So they go after the mob, and basically. All these kind of criminals. Charles Brunson's always got rope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All these like criminals who kind of slip through the cracks and avoid justice. They go and take them out. Yeah, and, pretty um, Punisher like, you know. Essentially, yeah, it's, it's the same kind of concept, really. Exactly. You, you know, a normal guy, normal guys in this sense, just going after criminals that you know the the law can't touch, but mm-hmm. they can mm-hmm. just through normal means. And, and um, Billy Connolly was in it. It's fantastic, was, was fantastic, you know, because I only knew Billy Connolly up to that point as a comedian. Yeah, but he was a stand-up Willem comedian. Willem Dafoe steals Defoe. the fucking show. He stole oh, yeah. the show. He, he should have been movie. nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. He, was he, was, uh, he was that good. He went too far. He yeah. went too far. He was a, a gay FBI agent who's <laughs> yes. trying to figure out the whole thing. Puddle. <laughs> yeah. You fairy fuck. Pour the drink, you fairy fuck. Pour the drink, Yeah, he was like a homophobic... Gay you know, man. <laughs> and just yeah. those recaps that he would do of the shootings were just yes. brilliant. There was a fire fight. He, yeah, yeah he, he was very dramatic and, and just awesome in that role. And very he plays a gay man to the T. He does. Like he, there was, he really there was no doubting that. And um, it was it was just tremendous. He's trying to figure the whole thing out. He pretty as much did as soon did. as the be- as the, it began, as soon as he met yeah. them. And then the he has like a crisis of faith and wonders like why he's trying to... You know, in prison, people who are doing who what are he doing believes this, is right. Yeah, and it's not only that, just like why he's in this job where there's so much red tape and these criminals are going to get free anyway, and he's following yeah. the rules when you know these two guys are just going around and doing Knocking what is right, yeah. what people are not going to lose sleep over. You know. Yeah, I mean and, that's great. The interviews they have at the end of the film, where it's yes. well, it's not real interviews, but like but, supposed yeah, interviews. Yeah, yeah, for the movie, there's supposed interviews with like people on the street, and you, you got that one gay black guy. He's like. I, just give me a gun. I'll yeah. do it too. And they're like, these guys should be in every major city. And then someone else is like, every major city. Like, <laughs> and like, who wouldn't agree with that? Like, no, if you had these two guys I, running around, justice, killing, uh, yeah, you know, I, these criminals. You know? you'll, you'll tell by my list as soon as mm, I get yeah. going. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's one of those movies that's very quotable too. There is a lot of comedy in it. Believe it uh, or between not. the two, yeah, between the brothers, yes, yeah, obviously. Like that, the witty banter between them is is hilarious, and they're like those brothers who. You know, drink and don't get along, and they're always getting into fights with each other. And the police but officers too. Yeah, get three, you those oh, three. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking yes. hilarious. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there ended up being a second one after much fan demand over a course of ten years. Yes, I was gonna say it was um, ten years. Between it was the ten two. years between the two movies, and um, that was long awaited. And a lot of people said it was trash and that it wasn't. You know, no, whatever. It wasn't worthy enough to even be made, but I, I loved it. No, it was good, and not, it set it up for a third one, one too. First time is. I saw it, it was back to back, and I, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I knew the first one had an edge, but man, the second one was a strong follow up. Yeah, I thought it was. And too. It was that Julie Benz who was uh... Julie Benz? <laughs> yes, who yes. was uh, tremendous. Defoe's who was Defoe's stand-in. protege, yeah, 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 so to speak, who is um, who plays uh, Dexter's wife on on the t- the television show Dexter. Well, yes, yeah. yeah. 
Um, the first time I saw that, I went, I ran to Best Buy and bought the DVD immediately. <laughs> like, I gotta go, guys. My roommate had been go. hounding me for a while. He's like, you gotta watch this movie. You gotta watch this movie. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'll get around to it. And then when he finally sat me down, yeah. I, I was I was flabbergasted. Like, yeah. my jaw was yeah, on the I think the floor it's the closest thing, thing you come to liking religion. <laughs> yeah, it, it almost made me want to be a Catholic again, but not quite. Can you recite the prayer? Like, I can. And it's um that's kind of reminiscent of um what Samuel L. Jackson says in Pulp Fiction before, yeah, oh, yeah. before he blows someone away. Yes, that, and that's uh, probably that what caught from you. The Bible. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, hmm. And the righteous I, I like man. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't recite that thing word for word that the righteous from the righteous man, yeah. Yeah. Um even though I've seen that movie a million times, I, for some reason I haven't memorized that and prayer. The path but of the righteous man. Yeah, I, I don't remember. It's been said on all sides by the the darkness something. Even, yeah. yeah. I'd have to go back devil. and watch it again. Yeah. That's something I probably could memorize, but so those are those are my my top five movies of all time. And then the ball gets thrown to me, and like I said before, uh, Ryan and I kind of doubled up, but with Boondock Saints, and I shouldn't have to explain to you any more than what he just did because I like vigilante killing movies yes. or just action movies like that, and the Boondock Saints is right up there. Like mm. I said, I saw the Punisher first before I saw Boondock Saints, and it, it just. You know, blew me away. I wish there was a comic book for the Boondock Saints because people would buy it. That would be awesome. The, yeah. people, if people buy the Punisher, they'd buy the Boondock Saints, and I wish there was a crossover because that would be fucking sweet. Yeah. Um, but on from there, I really don't have a number system for my movies. I'm just going to read them off. That's um, fine. The next movie I like to read off is Dogma. Okay. By New Jersey's fat son, Kevin Smith. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it's the honest man's opinion about religion. I do, too. The, the best concept best thought process on how to take religion in for well he did for himself but overall i think it's great you know when you start doubting religion if you are a follower of whatever religion is this is how you would believe and it really struck a chord with me especially seeing george carlin as a priest or a cardinal excuse me yeah. <laughs> that was a, cardinal that was a, glick that was a funny cameo you know yeah. but still and the way like some people make a mockery of religion and then others are deeply, yeah the buddy christ and everything and then other people then, are completely devout and then and some in some ways the way that becomes fanatical equally makes a mockery of religion oh you know, exactly the people who you know don't believe in it at all and make you know foul jokes about it and then the people who are just way crazy yeah that you know yeah Exactly, and it, it, it's just or on op- the opposite extreme, which he just... did with Red State. Yes, you know, which essentially, tremendous. which I haven't seen yet, yeah. but still, you know, I I really think it's an honest man's intake on what religion is and how the church, as represented by George Carlin and Cardinal Glick, can be wrong and how it can be used as nothing. They use themselves as nothing more than like a corporation trying to put this product out there. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is the uh, Buddy Christ. The Buddy Christ yeah. statue and everything. <laughs> Even though it's great and I'll order one for my car because I haven't yet. Well, a friend of mine in the middle school right after the movie came out had a Buddy Christ statue. I, figure. I, I awesome. do it. But I mean, still, yeah. you know, that you see that from, you know, when like, you know, the church went through their whole scandal with the, the boy touching and shit like that. They just, they, they put this product out there and you know, the product being the religion, and it's like, it, it's fallible, it's man, yeah. it's man-made, you know, mm-hmm. all these definitions and stuff. And, but, you know, the characters in that, too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my God, Matt Damon, Matt Ben Damon Affleck. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck play angels yes. in the movie. And, and the banter between those two are always great. I love those yes. two in every movie. The, yeah. You know, every, anything the two of them are in, as much as that was the 90s, like Good uh, Will yeah. Hunting. And, yeah, Ben know. Affleck and Matt Damon are in everything together. But you know what? They were good, and I'll <laughs> give were. it to them. Um, you know, Alan Chris, Rick- Rock, and Chris Rock and Alan Rickman. How yeah. can you forget the Metatron? Alan Rickman is the Metatron, <laughs> who's like the voice of God, he essentially, was. for and humans. You yes, know. exactly, because the he voice of God He conveyed the too. message. And Alanis Morissette as God. Alanis Morissette was God. <laughs> the fact how that, awesome is the that? The fact that 
Kevin Smith chose a female to be the all-supreme deity for a religion that primarily thinks everything is man-made and is yes. male-gendered. To have Alanis Morissette as the supreme deity was just fantastic. And she only shows up at the end and yes. doesn't actually say anything. Well, she can't because she can't. mortal, mortal uh, yeah. ears can't hear it. And, uh, you know, Chris Rock is the 13th apostle of black. <laughs> like, that's just completely made up. <laughs> and the two prophets, of yeah. course, Jay and Silent Bob. Jay and Silent Bob are the prophets. <laughs> and, you know, Alan Rickman was so funny. He was. was so and it's funny. such a change because that was like, you know, you, you see him in Die Hard. Yeah, he was Hans Gruber in Die Hard, a terrorist. <laughs> and then in Harry Potter, he's Snape. Professor Snape, yeah. who's a dark. Kind yeah, of brooding, brooding guy who you don't really know where he stands the whole time. But and the fucking dogma, he is just a snarky son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's in the uh, in that little Mexican restaurant with Linda Fiorentino. Who yes, was one he's of the drinking characters. and spinning it back into yeah, the cups. Yeah, he's drinking tequila because they're not, you know, angels aren't allowed to drink anymore. <laughs> at that, uh, they were deemed, you know, they were not well, that's able what to imbibe. Yes. And, um, and the line when Bethany, the... Um, What's her name? It was Linda Fiorentino. Linda Fiorentino, yeah. when she discovers that she's going to be the new savior in a way, when he mm. comes and says, what do you think Jesus felt like when he was 13 years old and he was told he was the son of God? Did you notice how the Bible jumps from when he was 13 all the way to when he was 33? Yeah. You know, that line to me made more had more power in it than anything I learned in Catholic school, mm-hmm. you know, because it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's that's... like, why does the Bible jump like that? You know, why, why don't you want to learn about what Jesus did when he was a fucking teenager? Because it doesn't matter. All yeah. that matters is, you know, he saved, you know, he gave his life for you. And when he was a kid, when he was raised by Joseph. Yeah. So, but anyway, on to my next, whatever I'll choose from this list. Okay. Uh, I'd have to say Sin City because of the style of art. Now, 300 came out before Sin City, correct? No. No. It was Sin, Sin City. Sin City was two City years before. Okay. Sin City was 05. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Either way, since the style of Sin City, very manga style, but then again, if you read any of Mark uh, Frank Miller's stuff, mm-hmm. it is in that style, it, that, the, that the art style, novel, the graphic so novel. Yes, yeah. that 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 the only color you see are the yellow bastard and blood and blood. Yeah. You know, and maybe some offshoot. Everything else, is black, white, everything else really. is black and white. It's just. Yeah. Fantastic visuals. I'm gonna have to see it again because when I first saw it, I wasn't a big. Please I wasn't do. A huge oh, fan yeah. please, please do. I saw that movie three it's, times in the theater. That's yeah, the only movie I've seen three sti- times. The only word I can think of is stylized because it's just that fantastic, and it's actually not done. That movie only covers one third of the. But it's been in development for years now. True, and I, I really don't think they're gonna make it. But Marv's character actually survives through the whole thing. It was Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, yeah. yes. And, you know, Bruce Willis is in it, and... Um, Jessica Biel? Jessica Alba, Alba excuse Alba. me. Alba. Um, Benicio Del Toro? Benicio Del Toro. And, Rosario uh, Dawson. Rosario Dawson, the va- uh, my Valkyrie. Yeah. <laughs> and the late Brittany Murphy was in it. Yes. Um, who was... Who was um, is it Ewan McGregor? No. What was his name? No, it wasn't Ewan uh, Clive Owen. Clive Owen, yeah. Clive the man Owen. who doesn't blink. <laughs> yes. I don't think he blinked in that movie. Yeah, I don't I think remember so either. correctly. He, yeah, he's the man the man with the new face. That's who he was. And yes. that's like that that was his character's name. That's just it. It was a gritty nor film. Oh yeah. You know? Very I didn't get so. it the first it was dark. time I saw it. It was, it was incredibly dark, and I loved every minute of it. You know, Benicio Del Toro talking with his slit throat and a yes. fucking gun in his head. Yeah. Or the barrel of the gun in his head. It, it's just great. And Elijah Wood. And Elijah Wood, you know, after coming out of Lord of the Rings, now playing a role like this. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Wait, well, who was he in the movie? He was the killer. He was the boy who had the great voice but killed all the prostitutes. Huh. Marv was hunting him down because he killed Blondie. Or Goldie, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the striped shirt. He looked he looked like Charlie Brown with a f- uh, 
crazy attitude. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Okay. That was Elijah Wood. Yeah, yeah. And we, when they went into the prison, like they had all the heads. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. He made me watch. Yeah, yeah. That that whole bit. That was him. Um, the next one I'll pick from this list would be Law Abiding Citizen. Very nice oh. pick. Good now, movie. Again, yeah. go, going with the whole vigilante theme thing. Another guy going against the establishment in a way. And uh, Gerard Butler, Gerard my wife's Butler. Uh, favorite actor. But yeah. <laughs> Man, I was rooting in the beginning to kill that motherfucker. Gerard? No, or? for Gerard to kill that motherfucker. Oh, my God. You didn't. Oh, it was... What what he did and, like, how Gerard's character does things is fantastic. And that's yeah. the way I wish that, you know, if I ever became a vigilante, I could do shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was the uh, the thinker. He was one of the guys who sat in the back, like, you know, when they talked to the one spy. Oh, that was one of my favorite parts in the movie, actually, when they talked to that spy. When he talked about he made the tie and he choked himself. Like, he never touched him. Yeah. That was, that was fantastic. He's like, you have to outthink this guy. And, yeah, and, and he's like, if Clyde wants you dead, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was absolutely fantastic. And the fact that he he basically got what he wanted by manipulating not only the system mm-hmm. but the way people reacted to his. Do you threats. think he went too far? Because there was a point where we were like, holy shit, where do you stop? No, well, I, th- I wanted him to go further. Actually, <laughs> you want you wanted him to blow yeah, up the room. I was, I was very very disappointed in the ending. That's the only thing that was tremendous. I, I don't think the ending was right. No, I I, I think I don't I don't, I don't his, agree with the ending. His his philosophy did get a little fanatical toward the end for me, and I loved it. But his methods and and his mission, in a way, absolutely, I I stand behind it. The fact that he turned around and you know read some law, and almost had himself out on bail because he just read off one law and the judge was going to let him out. And he, then he called the judge a stupid bitch. Yeah, yeah. you know, fantastic. <laughs> no, the premise is his family gets murdered by these two thugs that and break he watches into the house. it happen. He watches it happen, and then. You know, ten years later, these guys are finally being prosecuted for it. Yeah, the, and, and the one guy that actually did the killing and I think raping of his child. Yeah, got off for turning the other guy in who really didn't did, do anything. And actually turned around. If you watch the scene in the beginning, the, the the guy who dies is really didn't want to do any more than just rob the place. Yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't want to commit murder or anything. Yeah, but he so, he was this, he got ratted out and exactly and they out. yeah and then the, the, Man, what the a shipping death. of the different drugs yeah and, oh, well, what a death that so was. then he ends up in prison for you know killing the guy that's yes you know that got away Gerard Butler, and then, yeah. you know from then on he basically starts and torturing jamie fox and his family yeah he starts like systematically killing anyone who was involved in the trial the first time 10 years ago yeah from his prison cell oh, the, and with, nobody knows with how the it's judge, happening that whole scene with the cell phone jesus Christ. oh my god that made me jump like crazy oh yeah my god. and i loved it i, I yeah, loved it jumped out of my seat yes I, yeah. at your house i was like holy it was, fuck it was just one of those things because i saw it in the theaters and i'm sitting there and i'm watching and watching and i remember the scene in the beginning where it's like oh no cell phone it's my cell phone now and she flips over bang i'm like oh Fuck, that was awesome. <laughs> Literally, just jumping out of my seat. Yeah. That was the only oh. time that's ever happened to me, where I've ever jumped out of my seat when something happens. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and she said something snarky right before it happened, too, like about she, the cell phone. She's like, well, I'm a judge, and I can do whatever I want. Yeah, and this is bang. my... Yeah, yeah. He's just <laughs> shot in the fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it was great. Um... You'll notice right about now that I don't have any Harry Potter or Star Wars on this list, because unlike Jack, I can't choose any of them. That you know, I can pinpoint and say is my favorite. Um, all the Harry Potters are great, especially I was I was going to put Harry Potter, the uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, on here, but I can't choose between all seven of them. Well, eight of them really. Eight, yeah. Um, and Star Wars again, all six of them. Uh, I, I can't say one was my favorite. I like the entire series, 
But to go back to my list, um, I have my last movie would be uh, Collateral. Awesome. Great uh, movie. Great. Awesome. And Chris, I don't give a shit if you're listening right now because I know you're editing the show. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Tom Cruise in this movie. Oh, he, so did he, actually. That's one of the did, few things that he liked Tom Cruise in. Yeah. Yeah. He loved I, Collateral. Did he? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think Tom Cruise is that bad of an actor. I, mean, I don't His either. religious either. philosophies out there, but I know. He's I a will, tremendous actor. I, He's yeah. tremendous. I, I mean, you know. maybe. And you're going to hate this, Chris, but Ghost Protocol. Taggart, we're going to see it oh, in IMAX. We absolutely Ghost are. Ghost Protocol? Mission yeah, Impossible Mission Impossible. 4. Is that what it's called? Yes. Oh, all right. I'll go With see Jeremy it. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Well, I'm, well there you go. <laughs> Get that yeah. in a little bit. That's yeah. all I need. <laughs> That's all I need. Um, but no, uh, Collateral was great because it was another... Actually, look, you can connect Law Abiding and Collateral because Jamie Foxx was in both mm-hmm. of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that was the start of Jamie Foxx's serious acting Serious acting career. Acting career. Yeah. After that, he, he followed it up with Ray. With Ray. So that yes. was a year yes. for him. But like that whole decision making really wasn't a vigilante in a way, not until the end, no. you know, but that, that whole, the whole, like he, he's a hired, hired gun. He has to go out and kill these people for, I suppose, a drug Lord, I believe, Something or some like kind that. of gangster. Yeah. Yeah, some... and, and he like basically kidnaps Jamie Foxx and makes him his alibi. The and entire Jamie Foxx is the cab driver and he has to drive Tom Cruise around all night while he's killing people. Yeah. And he's so conflicted the entire time that he, he doesn't is. know. And plus in the beginning, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on anyway. Yeah. You know? And one thing I want to say about that movie, I have never heard such beautiful-sounding gunshots in a movie ever. They really, <laughs> out of any movie that I've... I've heard billions of gunshots in movies in my time, and no, I've never yes. heard something so clean. Like, the gunshot yeah, no, sound it, is so clean and magnified yeah. and just beautiful. Perfect, yes. like, I, They were perfect. Yeah, you know, and, 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 his, and Tom Cruise's shot pattern, even though it probably wasn't his, but, like, yeah, the fact that the, the, way double, the, the double tap and then the head... Yeah. You know, the, the one Two in the, the head, chest, one in the head. head. Yep. Yeah. That was, was awesome. And perfect the, for a hit movie. Yeah. And I love the shots of the overhead shots of the city of L.A. Oh, I think yeah. That, some of the most beautiful Kinda images. very John Wayne-ish, yeah. Yeah. in a way. You know, big wide shots, glaring, mm-hmm. you know, shots like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I got into Paul Oakenfield with Bunker, the, uh, the, where they're in the Chinese club. Oh, yes. Yeah. And they're going through and doing all the shooting there. That that's that really was bu- awesome, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, that scene. But, yeah, no, that was, that, yeah. that, that's my... That's my list, pretty much. Awesome. So, uh, since Jack started, I'm, we'll, go, we'll go backwards we'll just this go time. Backwards and, yeah. yeah, you can go. Okay. Um, we're going to go with our five actors, which I only have four of. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'll probably hear one of the guys on their list you or can't girls. Take you anywhere. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and probably agree with them anyway. Well, do you want us go first and then if you no, get some inspiration? I'll just, like I said, I have four, so we'll speed this show up a little bit. Okay. Um, start off with The Man. The myth, the legend, Al Pacino. Nice. Uh, Hoo-ah. <laughs> you, you got to. Uh, I think the first Whoa. first Whoa. thing I noticed him in, even though I never saw the movie, was The Devil's Advocate. Really? Yes. I never saw the movie until recently. I remember Dick Tracy. Dick Big Tracy. Boy, that's Priest. right. That's he was right. Big Boy Caprice. Yes. He, yeah. Yes, he was in Dick you Tracy. You look dirty. You need a bath. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, yeah. I got foot soldiers. Yeah. With Madonna, yeah. With Madonna and yeah. Warren Beatty. Yes. Dick Tracy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, but no, that could have made my list too. I love that movie. Oh, I used to love Dick Tracy. Uh, movie's yeah. amazing. Oh, another comic. So good. Well, that wasn't even a comic book. That very, was just a straight fi- comic. Well, yeah, you know, it was very Sunday much, and comics. very film noir. Yes, yes. awesome. Do you remember much. the watch that he had? Yes. Oh, I had that to. as a kid. Yeah, yes. I did too. I had that, and that was awesome. I had every action figure Flat except top. The, except the bum, yeah, <laughs> and the blank. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. But love it. No, obviously Al Pacino with the scores of movies he's been in, and just. 
Come on. It's Al fucking Pacino. People mimic it, except, his voice. Except I saw a trailer the other day for Jack and Jill, the new Adam Sandler movie, yeah. and he's in it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. But Righteous there Kill was s- kind of like the last straw. It was kind of... It was kind of Why bad. did everyone hate that movie so much? Because it wasn't any character. There was no character-driven plot in that movie. It was just Al and Bobby hanging I, out. <laughs> that, and that is so fine with me. Like, exactly. why is that not fine with everyone else? Exactly. The, the Godfather movies, obviously, he's great in. Devil's Advocate, which I saw only a couple of years ago because I yeah. just picked it up. Off Dog Day whip. Afternoon. Haven't seen that one oh, yet. Oh, so good. Um, and we see. We still all need to see Heat. We do all yes, see, yeah. see Heat. The, the, this is a shame. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Yeah, but they're not. The in, they're never in the they're same. They're never scene. in the same scene. Yeah. yeah, except for one. Except for the there's final a one scene. scene yeah, yeah. Well, that's a little bit disappointing for me. Righteous Kill. I mean, they had Heat. They had The Godfather Two, and all these other movies they could have made. And Righteous Kill just seemed like a piece of crap. Right. Yeah, with the two of them. It's like we got to just do this eventually. One point, Pacino and De Niro sitting on a couch farting together, and I would watch it. Like, hell, hell, did you fart? Oh, God, it smells like shit in here. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> little bit. Little bit. Little bit. <laughs> That's one per- Those are two people. De, De, Niro, De Niro and uh, Pesci did not make my list because I believe they've been typecast, especially Pesci. What do you mean I didn't make your list, huh? <laughs> Am I not good enough for you? Oh, Am I not on your fucking list? This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack. <laughs> they actually give that man a baseball bat. He teaches Little League. Yeah. Whoa. 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 It's on a tee. You don't even throw it. <laughs> anyway, back to my list of actual. Uh, my next one would be Matt Damon. Nice. Like I t- said yeah. before, nice. you know, yeah. the I whole like Ben Affleck, Matt Damon saga that was going on in the 90s, but I personally love him for the Bourne movies. Um, yes. Obviously, yeah. he was in um, The Departed, yeah. like Jack dis- described. Uh, he's I in just, a, I mean, he's, he, I just saw him recently in Contagion, and he was great in that. I didn't yes. see that yet, but he's I mean, very good he, in that he's, movie. he's an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. He he wrote Goodwill Hunting. Him and, uh, oh, that was the start of their career. Baff- ben, ben Affleck wrote, wrote it together. It, yeah. you know, but still, excellent actor. Excellent. I don't care for much for his politics and his beliefs, but uh, whatever. just stick to acting. But between him and Ben, I mean, Ben Affleck was the pretty boy, Matt Damon kind of did his career he right. He did the serious stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of played his cards right. He did in the ocean movies. With yeah. Oh yes, and Brad who Pitt. could you forget the, the, the ocean um, movies? Yes, yeah. they were fantastic. With um, he, he's in that in the in, the in crowd for Hollywood. Clooney, Brad Pitt, yeah. yes. all of them. He's in that club. He's set for life. Oh, definitely. The first time I saw Matt Damon was in School Ties. Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah, with had, Brendan Fraser, that had him, and Affleck, Affleck, everybody. Where they were, I guess that uh, that all boys school. I yeah. think, and um, Brendan Fraser was a Jew. And it was like a really anti-Semitic place, and he was trying to fit in and not let anybody know that he was Jewish. And everybody was like, "Really? This was like wow, 1950s, I'd... I think it was set in." Well, I'd, and, I, uh, I know, but I've never like seen a really the deep, movie, really, so. really good movie. I think that was like 1992, so yeah, that like, was even before they were Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it was like the yeah. up-and-coming Hollywood cra- class was in there. Chris O'Donnell was in there. A couple yeah. other people. Amy Locaine was in there. Chris mm-hmm. O'Donnell, yeah. And going from one giant uh, actor to another, Sam Jackson. Yes. Come Motherfucker. On. Well, that's all you really know him for. The fact that he demanded from George Lucas that his character be set apart and have a purple fucking lightsaber so people could see him in a crowd. That was the only reason. Yes. He's like, I don't want to be another disposable Jedi. I want people to remember my character. I want a purple lightsaber. So any wide screenshot you see in the first three uh, prequels of a purple lightsaber, you're going to see his. Yeah. Not the, well, not in the first one. Well, yeah. He, he but, was just... Uh, an extra character, I think. Yeah, he was just on. He was just on the uh, the council, but still. And if Samuel L. Jackson tells you to do something, <laughs> you, you fucking do, do, you do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that, that wasn't the He's like, motherfucker, time. George Lucas, motherfucker. Yeah. You're giving me a purple motherfucking lightsaber, motherfucker. <laughs> but he, and then it was done. It was. But he's, George, but he's in everything. Inevitable. He literally is in everything. He, he could be in this episode somewhere. He <laughs> yeah. probably is. You know, he... he, he What's he, up, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> Black cast. <laughs> you know, he's done that. He's done, obviously, um, the Pulp Fiction. He's done Black Stick Moan. Uh, countless, countless... Snakes on a plane. Snakes, whatever. Which he also made a demand for that. And he, he had to be able to say, get these motherfucking snakes off these motherfucking plane. And yep. go to fuck to sleep. The new yes. audiobook. Yes. Which is oh. the, the greatest thing I've ever heard in my it life. It is. Have you listened to it? Yes, yes we have. Okay. In its entirety. All yeah. right, good. Because that's just fucking fantastic. Because he reads it, it very seriously. Yeah. yeah. Very slowly, even, very seriously. Methodically in a way. Yeah. Another one, The Time to Kill. Yes. yes. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they the burn ne- in hell. The negotiator. The negotiator was awesome. Um, one of my what favorite was the one with Tommy Lee Jones when they're in the military? Um, um, Rules of Engagement. Rules of Engagement. Yes, yeah. the fa- another fantastic movie. I, I think yeah. that movie was great. That's another war movie I should have put on my. That's a whole separate category for me. Yes. Um, but that one I thought was great because Tommy Lee Jones and him play off each other well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also voices some anime characters. Does he really? He does Afro Samurai. He, he does That's that right. voice with the RZA. <laughs> and didn't he do a voice on um, the Boondocks? Yes, he yes he does <laughs> do the voice. He, he's one of the white guys in the Boondocks. Yeah, <laughs> opposite Charlie, opposite Charlie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie Murphy and and him are, are play two white guys. <laughs> two white rich kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, who want to be black. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, yeah. Moving on from there, uh, my last final actor actress is Natalie Portman. Nice. Natalie Portman, really? Yes. Here's I never st- knew that about you. I think she's fantastic. Another one where I don't maybe agree with her political or philosophical beliefs, but I think her acting is good. Oh, I mean, coming tremendous. up, coming, yeah. and she's Jewish. She is Jewish. Did yeah. you also she know did... that she was the first one picked to be Catwoman in the upcoming Dark Knight film? Was she really? Yes. Yeah, she was, but there was a pregnancy issue. Yes. Yeah, that's yes, true. obviously. Yeah. But uh, she was. Hey, Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the full costume? I have not. Oh, you'll. Deny. Because he, uh, if, if sure. we did, he wouldn't be here right now. Uh, I'd be sure. jerking it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and when she and and another funny thing, Jack, you'll find this funny is that when she was cast for Queen Amidala, she didn't know the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. I could oh, see boy. that. <laughs> she, yeah, I could see it too, but it's like, yeah. But she, her first movie was when she was like 12 with The Professional. Yes, with, Leon. Yeah. With uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. And, uh, I thought, and Jean Reno. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that movie, she was in Mars Attack. She was Jack Nicholson Mar- and Glenn Close's daughter. Yeah. Which in that movie, they they make fun of Star Wars. Be, at the uh, They give, what's his name? Something Haas. Uh, was it Steve Haas, I believe? Luke Haas. Luke Haas. They give him an award and they basically parody the Star Wars ending from uh, New Hope. Mm. That movie should have ended after the aliens attacked. <laughs> it, just, it just got bad. <laughs> but um, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really v weird for Vendetta. Yes, you know, where yeah. she, she cracks. Who, who she is? has she has good range. I mean, she, she does. She's been she in everything recently. Yeah, yeah. She's Black all Swan, over the place. No strings attached. No, no strings attached. Thor, Jack. I think I saw yeah. you come all over the place during uh, that scene. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and and she can do comedy. She can do drama. Comedy. I mean, yeah. yeah, Natalie Rapp. Oh, Just look she's at She's got her. a sense of humor. She yeah. has an excellent sense of I humor. I was never able to look at her the same way again. After she's she kind of like what the Harrison Ford was to the original Star Wars movies, to what the prequels were for her, because she actually has a career after those movies. Right, yeah. yeah. I would say. That's true. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that. But no, after hearing Natalie rap, I'm like, what? And I mean, she went to, yeah. she did go to Harvard. She actually, that's why. Yeah, one of the that reasons, was true. Yeah, now she's yeah. got an Oscar. Yeah, right. So, and yeah. she does still do ballet. She did learn ballet for Black Swan, that mm-hmm. role. 
uh, she's fluent in Hebrew and English. That's true. And too. she can speak like three other languages, conversational yeah. languages, like German, Japanese. She is very, Japanese. very smart. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's an intelligent broad. Yeah. <laughs> and when they, she was in Star Wars, when they, when they were in full Padme makeup, or just in makeup in general, her and Kiara Knightley, their own parents could not distinguish them. Because they look so much alike. Really? I, I couldn't find. I couldn't distinguish them either. Because <laughs> Kiara Knightley also plays um, one of Padme's uh, handmaidens. Handmaidens. Uh, really? Sub- and I had no idea. She's she's in, realize that. She's in the first one. She's I one didn't, of the well, girls. she didn't become famous until after Pirates of the Caribbean. So Obviously, I had no idea. Yeah. But yeah, you look her up. She's yeah. Kiara wow. Knightley's in it, and believe me, they have plenty of pictures. Just put up Natalie Portman versus Kiara Knightley, and they have pictures of them side by side. They look like they could be sisters. Wow. Easily. Easily. Mm-hmm. But, hot uh, sisters. Not know that. Hot, yeah. yes, hot, dreamy, dreamy sisters. I mean, Skinny. Kira Knightley needs to get her teeth fixed and eat a cheeseburger. But <laughs> both, both of them need to eat a cheeseburger. Yeah, because Natalie Portman can Natalie Portman. eat a couple of cheeseburgers too. But, but she's a I vegan. I think that's so against. Yeah, she's a vegan for several. Vegan reasons. police might come. Tom Jane might shoot her. Oh, best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, we'll pass this off to uh, Ryan for his list of uh, actors. Right. Yeah. So I have uh, I have a list of actors and actresses here. Um, Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to start out with who is pretty much a god to me if there were <laughs> such a possible thing. Um, his uh, post-drug comeback has been one of the greatest things that I've ever seen in my life, uh, starting with uh, you know Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Val uh, Kilmer, which is just a tremendous movie. I've you know with the witty banter in that and and then you know the Iron Man movies and Sherlock Holmes and but the best for me. Was, so was Kirk was Lazarus playing Tropic Sergeant Lincoln, Osi- Lincoln Osiris? Oh yes, that was oh. one of the what funniest. What you mean, things. you people? What yeah. you mean, you people? One of the funniest. I don't drop character that the DVD commentary yeah. is doing. Never, never go full retard. You never go full retard. <laughs> Tom Hanks didn't go full retard. <laughs> Autistic, not retarded. No. <laughs> he was brilliant in that role, and I don't care what anyone says about that movie, Tropic Thunder. That was the best I part it. of it by far. That, yeah. that made the movie for me. Uh, from there, Kevin Spacey made my list. Really? Because I think he's he's tremendous as well. And I probably said tremendous about you do. 27 times in this episode. <laughs> but yeah. it's the best Just word Just like I said it. fantastic more than Jack probably has. Yeah, you did. I counted. <laughs> I, mean, I bet um, you did, you fuck. Yeah, from movie to movie, Kevin Spacey is one of the best bad guys I've ever seen. Really? Um, he can play a villain. Oh, you know, I would agree. Tea. And um, you know his his dialogue in his movies, the way he speaks, um, is is awesome. From okay. absolutely Lex Luthor. I mean, Lex as much Luthor, as Superman Returns was, he yeah. was the best part of that movie. Yeah, he was great, and in Horrible Bosses, <laughs> and you know, in the Negotiator, he was the you know the FBI negotiator yes, in that. The opposite, oh, the, of, Sam the opposite of Sam Jackson, and you know, in Twenty One, you know, the poker movie where um, oh, he was teaching, teaching the card teaching counting. The card counting. Yes. And American Beauty, usual which suspects. was usual suspects. American Beauty was interesting. American Beauty was interesting, and he was awesome in that movie too. And uh, so I have a couple uh, actresses to talk about. Um, that... One of my favorite actresses ever is Laura Linney. Who really? Um, yes, yeah. I fell in love with her a very long time ago um, when I saw her in Congo. Congo, actually, wow. Congo, nineteen ninety five. Wow, she was that was Congo. the first movie I ordered on pay per view <laughs> back yeah. in the day. And that was uh, she was opposite uh, Dylan Walsh in that movie, who eventually went on to do Nip Tuck, and he's uh, on a new show called Unforgettable now. She, I, I saw her first in that movie, and what really made me fall in love with her the next year was Primal Fear. Uh, the movie with uh, Richard Gere, and which was actually Edward Norton's breakout role. That was the first. Which I time. still need to see, which I hear raving well, reviews about. Yeah, it's in my top ten, without a doubt. It's it's an amazing movie. 
She's in a lot of under the radar stuff. I would. She is. Yeah, a lot of the under under the radar stuff. Uh, she was in the Truman Show, I think, which I never saw fully. I saw bits and pieces yeah, of that. Um, and she's on that show, The Big C. I think it's on Showtime. Oh yeah. She gets breast cancer, and she's like just trying to make her way through it. It's supposed to be a comedy, and, and you can make a comedy out of that. But uh, well, it was probably a dramedy. A dramedy a of, of sorts. Yeah. yeah. She's she's great. Definitely one of my favorites. But my favorite actress of all time, uh, without a doubt, is Amanda Peet, which is well, probably going to seem strange. But uh, no, no, she's yeah. besides 2012. I mean, I besides would, I would, even yeah. that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I first saw her in a movie called She's the One in uh, 1996, and that's uh, where I fell in love with her. She starred with Jennifer Aniston and Cameron Diaz, Edward Burns. And um, uh, Mike McGlone, who actually now does the Geico commercials. <laughs> so those are the only two things I think he's ever done was She's the One and 20 Years Later, Geico. <laughs> well, I'd like to see that now. Yeah. Because that sounds like a damn good cast. Cameron yeah. Diaz the, the cast is awesome. And it's just kind of like a you know love triangle thing going on. And Amanda Peet uh, played Jennifer Aniston's sister in the movie. And she's like, she was this like tough talking, cigarette smoking, like Brooklyn girl. And she was like really irreverent and funny and ridiculous. Ever since then, I've loved absolutely everything that she's been in. I'll watch anything. The whole nine yards, in. the whole ten yards. The whole nine yards, whole ten yards. Which I thought the sequel was funnier than the whole Did nine Did you really? Yards. Yeah, yeah. I really loved the whole ten yards. I thought yeah, it was Yeah, I, I thought they were they were both great. But, um, I mean, she's just, you know, she's got this, like, really endearing smile. And she seems to be really personable. Like, a, someone who would actually be genuine in real life. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, she's, she's my favorite actress, hands down. Cool. Absolutely love her. And then my favorite actor, as I'm sure you probably know, the man I like to refer to as Olafantastic, uh, <laughs> Timothy Olafant. And Andrew is rolling his eyes, <laughs> rolling more than rolling just his head until it falls off. Damn it! Um, he's pretty much uh, all. He's damn he, good. I love him. Love him. I saw him for the first time in Scream Two. He was one of, one of the killers in Scream Two in 1997. Yes, I want to say. And from then on, he, he can play a psycho, a murderer, a cop, um, an alien saver, as we saw yes. in I Am Number 4. And, and he's always, like, really witty and really sarcastic. And um, a terrorist. He in, can play a terrorist, uh, like, can live free or die hard. Um, Hitman, he was in that. He was he was Hitman, which Andrew still doesn't agree with, but he was the best possible he's person for that role. <laughs> and I stand by that forever. Bullshit! <laughs> oh, it should have been Jason Statham. It should have uh, been fucking Jason. It should be Jeremy Renner. So now what? All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm surprised he didn't make your list. Jeremy Renner, he's, I mean, because he's so new, but he, he will be. He's climbing up the ranks rather swiftly. Mm. But uh, you know, Timothy Olyphant, I mean, he was in... Uh, he's got a crossbow in the Avengers, so you'll fucking uh, love him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's playing <laughs> Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, Jeremy Renner. But, um, I, you know... Timothy Olyphant was in uh, The Girl Next Door. He played, like, the porn producer in that movie, and he was he was awesome in that. And now he's on that show Justified on FX where he's, like, a, a marshal, and he just fucking shoots everybody. And That's uh, why my dad loves it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was the wisecracking cop um, in Gone in 60 Seconds. He was uh, Delroy Lindo's partner in that, and they were chasing after <laughs> Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and... Uh, he, I like, I love everything he does, and I, I swear by him. He's, he's my favorite actor. All right, so I'll go to my to you, Jackson. collection of five. It's going to be five actors, and it's a unique mix, I want to say. Uh, we'll start with number five. Most people who listen to this will probably not know who this person is, or if you have, you're an extreme film buff like me. 
I'm going to go with James Cagney, uh, the <laughs> star of 1920s, 30s, and 40s films. And seems a little weird, but I think anybody else who's on this list or anybody that is in acting is influenced by this person. Now, I became a big film, old school film fan in mid-college when I took a film course. And before that, actually on The Departed DVD, they have a documentary about what Scorsese was inspired from to make a movie like the old days. And a lot of his films were mentioned. A lot of James Cagney's films like The Roaring Twenties and Angels of Dirty Faces and The Public Enemy were his inspiration for making gangster films his entire career. And just watching those films, and one of my favorites of Cagney's is White Heat, where he plays this psychotic, dependent crook. And he has like mother issues, and he has this whole gang of people he's paranoid most of the time. And the scene where he has a breakdown where he finds out in jail that his mother died is one of the finest acted scenes in the history of film. If you don't know this about older films, stuff like that, I mean, I highly recommend you go back, go on Turner Classic Movies, see if you can find some of his on a schedule somewhere. It's tremendous. I love old gangster pictures because you got to look to the past to look where inspiration was derived from for current movies that we all love. They actually had to have disclaimers before his movies came out back in the day because who wouldn't want to be one of those characters? If you're this nine- stuff is illegal. Yeah, don't, it, yeah. You know. it, during the Prohibition era, like, yeah. don't. This is what they actually had a message at the end of Public Enemy. This is what happens when you become a gangster. Crime doesn't pay because his character ends up dying, and his performance in all those films are just toward the force. And he was just a genuine human being. He was married for. Unlike Hollywood say, he was married for like 50, 60 years to his wife. He adopted children and was so respected. And other people on my list who I'll mention were probably inspired by him. I highly recommend you check a lot of those films out. Go look up on IMDb and get a list. It's it's amazing. And my number four pick is, um, well, I'm going to step into modern times now. I would actually say number four is another actor who was probably inspired by Cagney is Leonardo DiCaprio. Nice. Really? In recent years, I mean... Uh, yeah, I was going to say... I'll say this. I stuff. was not a fan... Well, no, actually, Titanic was the only thing I see as a blemish, and he actually doesn't like it either because they tried to make him to a teen idol pretty boy, and he hated that. Yeah. Really? But before that, he was in Who's Eating Gilbert Grape, where he played a mentally challenged kid and got an Oscar nomination for that. Yeah. But now he has the freedom. He's worked with the right people. He works with Scorsese, and he's kind of in that realm of he gets to pick his own projects and... Whatever he picks, you know it's going to be a good... He's not just going to do an action Inception. film or a shape of action film. Yeah. He's going to do something with the best people. He was tremendous in Catch Me If You Can. Yes, he was. He I was, love that movie. The Aviator put on an amazing performance playing Howard Hughes. It was so... I un- didn't see that one yet. It, it, Either, it's actually. very... He's got wicked bad obsessive compulsive disorder, and it, it's all, it's unnerving. I sat in a theater and watched that and just unnerved the entire time. Hmm. But The Departed, of course, was what sold me on him as being a an amazing actor to hang with Nicholson and Damon and all those guys and really stand Keep out. And stand at the par. Yeah, he, he was incredible. But Inception was yes. his recent hit and amazing. Shutter Island. That was crazy. Uh, Absolutely wow. crazy. I mean, again, this pairing of Scorsese and DiCaprio is an amazing, amazing actor-director relationship. And he's playing Jagger Hoover. Yeah. We're working with Clint Eastwood now. He's pretty oh, much he pretty much is the model actor. I would say, of this era, because he gets to pick and choose the right projects, and he usually hits the mark. And he, he's smart. He knows what to do. Yeah. Uh, number three is another actor who, in recent years, I've become a fan of his, and kind of the new king of the summer blockbuster, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, he he has, he impressed me. And I Indiana love, Jones. Well, 
in Transformers, you see the the way the trilogy progresses. He goes from awkward teen to being a young man who's faced with all this responsibility and just you see his character evolve in this trilogy and when i saw in transformers when he was knowing that he was going to be in indiana jones 4 i couldn't wait to see the pairing between him and harrison Ford because he knew it was just going to be magic yeah. it would be like sean yeah. connery and harrison ford all over again yeah it, it it was great and that's my biased favorite role of his playing mutt williams <laughs> but he was great in transformers i loved eagle eye that yeah. was so much eagle fun. eye was good eagle eye was, was so fun. much fun yeah and uh Work. Disturbia. Disturbia was which great. Which was great. Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, I yeah. enjoyed. And that's the thing. He's worked. He's got the backings of so many major players in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Spielberg, Lucas, Ford, Douglas, Oliver Stone, Kate Blanchett. He's worked with some of the best of the best. And yeah. I hope to con- he continues on that straight and narrow path. I don't know what project he has lined up after the recent finish of the Transformers first trilogy. But he's the king of the event movies. He's a tremendous actor. And he's he cries a lot in a lot of his films recently, if you've noticed. In, in just about every film, Indiana Jones, Eagle Eye, everything on, he's had a scene where he's just crying. Yeah. And, which is Turn on the waterworks again, shy. Yeah, he cried a lot in the last Transformers movie also, when his girlfriend got kidnapped. Oh, oh yeah, that's no. right. And in yeah. Wall Street, he cried the most, I think, yeah. when all his money was gone. Yeah. <laughs> well. well, that would make a lot of people cry. But he's just, a, like. I think he's a likable actor. And I do, too. He's, I agree the, with you on His that. movies, I'm curious to see what he does next. I like his work, and I'm impressed, and I hope he continues his streak. And maybe we haven't seen the best of him yet. Number two is a guy who I've been a fan of and pretty much have grown up with this in my family, Jack Nicholson. Everybody in my family, I think, was a huge fan of Nicholson, so I was pretty much raised on Jack Nicholson. Of course, the earliest role was the Joker for well, the 1989 yeah. Batman movie, which you you can't deny him. And it, it's amazing, but going back and watching his older films, Easy Rider was the first film he was ever in. He played a small role in that with Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda. Chinatown, the last detail, he plays a sold, uh, sailor who takes a kid out in the town who's going into the solitary confinement for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But One Flew Over to Cuckoo's Nest is by far one of the best films ever made. I don't know if you guys have ever seen I've it. I've never seen it. No. It is one of the finest acted films ever. It's got a tremendous cast. It's got a young Danny DeVito, a young Christopher Lloyd. Oh, really? You know, and he plays a guy who... I, I haven't seen it in like four or five years, but he went to jail and he he calls himself crazy so he doesn't have to go to jail and he gets into this mental hospital with all these people who were wacko crazy, crazy and he starts to stir things up for them. He starts to break him out of the hospital and go on day trips and just start to rally them and it's just an inspirational, just a fun, an amazing story. And his body of work is unbelievable. He's been The Shining, which I've yeah, never still seen. Have to see, right? I still yeah. have to see that, but um, not the biggest fan. I have of the Blu-ray films, of that, so you're gonna have to. It's, it's yeah. another even that's like the thing up, that. the, up there with the thing creepy. Yeah, it is very very creepy. And yeah. even I saw Terms of Endearment a couple months ago, where he played an astronaut living next to. It, it, it was a drama back in the 1980s. He won. It was one of his three Oscar wins. I saw him in As Good as It Gets. Yeah, he, yeah with he's, Helen Hunt. Yeah. He's just a tremendous. He is the. St- the standard of acting and he's crazy he's a little bit out there but my, he's got his own personality he's jack yeah he yeah. Is shit. that's he, all it is he's a bona fide legend no and, you're jack actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait till they get a load of me <laughs> but he's and that's the role i can always go back to and identify him with but he and he played that role he played that smart because he gets 20 percent of the profits from every batman movie for ever for 
every sequel, every piece of merchandise, he gets 20% of it. Really? Yeah. So even Nolan wow. stuff. Yep. Even if next, next summer, he's getting money for The Dark Knight Rises. Fucking A. He must have had a huge payday back in 2008 with The Dark Knight. Wow. Shit. He, still, he made the deal. He said, if, I, if I'm going to do this picture, I'm going to get 20% of the profits of this. Of any, Batman. Of any future Batman investment or anything. From now, that's a, probably, from that's now to the rest crazy. of my life. That's probably so, the smartest move ever I've heard of. And they said, fuck yeah, we'll do it. We need a big actor to be attached to this film. Yeah. <laughs> They're paying him. <laughs> and, and hey, you know what? Uh, he, he deserves, deserves every, every penny. You want to go play golf with him? Yeah, every, <laughs> yeah, well, that's another story. But he, he's he, he's another one where he, I would say, Leonardo DiCaprio modeled his career after. Where he can pick and choose projects that he wants to do and... It's a passion project for him, or something like that. He he really he is. honestly wants to do it. It's not like yeah. he just needs it because no, he doesn't oh, I need do the it. money this time. No, and mm. to have again, that's another reason. What reinforced my being one of my favorite actors was The Departed. To go with that young cast and kind of pass the torch to Damon and DiCaprio is unbelievable. Yeah, and my number one favorite actor, which is, shouldn't come as a surprise, Harrison Ford, the man. Yes, yes. <laughs> the the man who played to me the two best characters in film history, Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and Han Solo. Solo. <laughs> uh, I kind of reprised that role in Cowboys and Aliens. Yes. In a way. Oh, oh, that was awesome. But yeah. <laughs> he's the man. He's got a good sense of humor. He's and this thing is, he didn't need acting. He found his way into it. He was a carpenter, and he really? wanted to get into acting, and it didn't work out. If he didn't work out, he was still going to be a carpenter. And was it Could American... you imagine that? Yeah, I'm Harrison Ford. I'm here to do your layer floor. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the only one I think who put George Lucas in his place because he originally wasn't supposed to be in Star Wars because he was in American Graffiti, one of George's films. Yeah. And because he said he was in a recent film of his, he couldn't be in Star Wars. I wanted new, fresh-faced people. He's like, well, apparently I was an old-faced person at the time. <laughs> He'd only been in one movie. And... He got the role through much convincing because he did the screen tests, and then he was not supposed to be Indiana Jones. Tom Selleck was, but then, really, yeah, but he had Magnum PI, so he, yeah. and he begged George Lucas, "Let me play the role." He's like, "No, you've been in Star Wars; you can't be in two play, two films at once because he's a yeah, control yeah. freak asshole." Yeah, well, but um, he did, and thank God, because that is the to me that's the best film character. I love Indiana, Indiana. Jones. I love all four of those films. Didn't he name that character after his dog? Yeah, Lucas did. Yeah, he named it after the... Yeah, His dog. And that's a quote from Last Crusade. We named a dog, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, just to think, he could have had a mustache. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Imagine God. how that world would have changed. But he's so... Jack would have a mustache right now. <laughs> he's so yeah. cool. He, he's just the man. He, again, played the two greatest characters. He's been in other films, I mean, dramas and comedies and... He's got a great sense of humor. He was on Letterman recently, and he said, oh, "I have a scar on my head or something." And Letterman grabbed his head and looked at his look for the scar through his hair. He's like, "I also got a prostate exam recently too. Do you want to check that?" <laughs> awesome, classic. He's Seventy years old, he'll still kick the shit out of you. I mean, he was amazing in Cowboys and Aliens, yes. and he's rumored to come. He wants to come back as Indiana Jones, and I believed him at sixty-five. to still kick ass as Indiana Jones. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. It's he's the best, and he just, was the president in Air Force One. Yeah. He was. Get off my plane. Get off my plane. <laughs> uh, Got rid of Gary Oldman, the Russian. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and another one where I love his body work and will... He just is the one of the most likable actors in Hollywood. He's just the man. He's cool. He's right, yeah. personable and wordy. He's probably the luckiest actor to play those roles in a lifetime. It, it's... Because they're memorable. They're so memorable. They're so memorable and you made them their own. It wasn't yeah. just some two-dimensional something off the page. Throw he, it away yeah, movie. He was... He, and he loves playing them. 
He even said, I'll play Indiana. He loved playing that character. And he said he would do millions of movies like that. And those are my five favorite actors. Yeah. I think that about sums it up for all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. A good oh, discussion. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty much. Yeah. Um, so always check back every Friday for new shows, uh, every day for new blogs. Check over the weekends for maybe a half cast or something we might throw up. But until then, this was Andrew. This was Ryan. And this is Jack. Thanks again for listening to the only podcast that matters. Roll film. Roll film.